Um, make sure I'm, I'm sitting a bit closer to her for chemistry. You're, you're good. It's just I gotta, cool. I gotta lean. Is it better? Do I need to suck my stomach in more? No, no, it's cool. Both rolling, eh? Yeah. Welcome to the Foodie Podcast. On today's show, I've got a really awesome guest. Her name is Sheila Afari, who runs Sheila Afari PR. It's great when you name the business after yourself. Mess that up. So can I do one of those swipe things? What do they, what do, they do? They like, ah, uh, anyways. So. I'm a huge fan of Sheila's. Love the way she runs her business. Uh, she's represents some of my uh, celebrity friends and has helped them during certain crises. I will not name any names. If you know them and you know me, then you know who she is. Getting clients was never the challenge, you know, which is, you know, lots of people think, oh, you need the business. So that is never really the challenge. Um, yes, probably pricing things wrong, but I think just to get to where I am now, the challenges were really just kind of really managing a team and making the machine work. So for a lot of times, I was carrying the bulk of stuff, but I still had a team. The Fundi podcast is proudly brought to you by the Mesa Fundi, powered by Windows 10 Professional. The Mesa Fundi, flexibility reimagined. Sheila, thank you so much for coming here today. Thanks for having me. I've been really excited about having this conversation with you just because, you know, you're one of the people that I just really love the way you operate, at least publicly. And well, because I know you privately, but I, I love the way you run your business. I love the way you guys put out updates. I love the vision that you have. And then, well, I love the fact that you keep winning awards, you know, so, you know, everybody loves a winner. So like right now, like if you were a soccer team, you're like, you're winning. You're winning all the championships. So I'm, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. So I'm really excited that you came here today. Um, I want to understand something, just going back to the beginning. Where did this, this desire to run business and, and, and be an entrepreneur, where did this come from? Well, it actually just happened, wasn't planned. You know, so a lot of people say, you know, entrepreneurs born or made. I was literally walking on campus one day and stepped on a flyer. There was advertising and entrepreneurship week. For some reason, it spiked my interest. Yeah. You know, I never thought about being an entrepreneur. I was studying psychology. I was just blown away by the amount of students that were running their own businesses. Some of them were paying their own university fees. Some mm. had stores. So I was just like, wow, this is like amazing. And if other students can do it, like, you know, so can I. One of the speakers there had said, if you want to start a business, the way the economy is, you can't just open up shop and think they'll come patronize your business. So yeah. it started from a hobby or like using your two hands and feet. Yeah. So kind of events is kind of kept popping up and I was like, I don't want to start an events company. But, you know, I ended up eventually registering an events company that week. The end of the week, um, they had established entrepreneurs come and network with our students. And the man sitting next to me asked me what I do. I'm like, I have an events company. I literally registered it two days before. <laughs> and he was saying, um, well, he has an event coming up, do you want to do it? And I was able to recognize the opportunity that he knew I was a student, you know, but he was giving me an opportunity. So I was like, sure, mm. cool. And my entrepreneurship journey began there. So literally, guy walks up just <laughs> two days before and you're off. And what was that first event like? Was there an adrenaline rush? Did you feel like, what did I just sign up for? <laughs> Am I crazy? What, what was your heart rate like doing? Well, I think as an entrepreneur, we have this innate kind of belief that we can just do anything, mm. you know. So I was confident that I could do something. But obviously down the line, I realized that actually, you know, 
you're undercharged with things, so you didn't take an account that, okay, there's petrol, there's this, there's that, you know, so it became a learning step, but I literally was thrown in and had to kind of navigate my way around it. I didn't study business, so there were lots of spaces where I realized that, okay, actually, maybe I need to become a bit more business savvy. I told a mentor of mine this, and he was like, okay, well, because I told him I think you're getting a job. Yes. He said, if you want a job, I can give you a job. So I ended up doing some marketing and events-related projects for him. So I was like, okay, cool, looking for new challenges. Yeah. And I came up to Joburg. After a year, I felt like, you know, my journey there, it was time to kind of move on to other things. I was helping his wife with some stuff while I was there. Yeah. She's a fashion designer, and I helped her get featured in some magazines mm -hmm. and things like that. So they asked, you know, do I offer his wife new services? And I was like, hmm, PR. <laughs> Didn't say PR. I had no real idea of what PR was. Yes. But, you know, being the person I am, being professional, I said, let me register the business, you know, now I have this PR agency. And yes. that's kind of how the PR journey started as well. Just, but there was an opportunity to offer someone services, and that was the best service I thought I could offer that person. So that's kind of been your thing. Yeah. Opportunity <laughs> comes, you figure, oh, hey, you know what? I could fill that gap. And the next thing you know, you're deep in the, <laughs> you're in the deep yes. end. PR was just never on my scope. You yes. know, it's not something I would have thought of. But um, I think it's entrepreneur, just kind of opportunities and being able to identify things. Yes. I mean, just kind of so type in your dream all in of it. dreams. What what would have been the dream business that you would have been registering? Was it all about just finding opportunity, filling it? Well, at that stage, I thought I'd go back and actually finish my honors in psychology. If I had to think about it, I don't think I would have chosen a journey of entrepreneurship. Yeah. But kind of being it now, I don't think I would not be an entrepreneur. So was the default healthcare space thing more like African child? It must always be something <laughs> in medical medicine doctor of some kind was that like the default safe space yeah so i was actually two years in med school yeah before psychology you know my mm. dad runs his own medical practice and my mm. mom had her own businesses mm. but you you grew up being go to school go to university get a job yes. you know just that's kind of what that you're is, exposed to that's you the know path, yes so i kind of went off the path and it was challenging for a while because it's when you start off it's not easy Mm -hmm. But now you don't get support from home because if you're trying to get money from home, it's like, but go back and study and go get a job. You know what I mean? <laughs> You've so, gone off the <laughs> yes. So I was forced to get a point where I'm like, I'm self-sufficient. Then eventually realized, okay, she has never calling us for anything. You know, maybe she's okay. No one's harassing me now to go get a job somewhere. Mm. Yeah. So then you start Sheila Fari PR. You're off to the races. What were the, some of the first initial challenges? Was it uh, a financial challenge? Was it a marketing challenge to get the word out, get clients to trust you? Uh, how did that path go for you? Well, I think I was in a very fortunate position where my business really ran on referrals and word of mouth. Mm. You know, it wasn't about money or anything. It's like if I've got a client, yeah. you know, I need to service the client to the best of my ability. Yes. Getting clients was never the challenge, yes. you know, which is, you know, lots of people think, oh, you need the business. So that was never really the challenge. Mm. Um, yes, probably pricing things wrong. But I think just... To get to where I am now, the challenges were really just kind of really managing a team yeah. and making the machine work. Yeah. So for a lot of times, I was carrying the bulk of stuff, but I still had a team. I had to really question that journey and kind of say, what kind of people do I need in the team to make this sufficient, to make this work? Yes. Um, and I finally got a point where I'm able to streamline and know what kind of support do I need um, and not being forced to just take on any clients because I have all these salaries to pay, but actually now and it's like, okay, does this client fit the bigger picture of where I'm going? Mm. Do I really need to take this client on? Mm. And now I'm able to say no. That's fascinating. Um, as you started to build your team, then what was the criteria for somebody to be in your team? What were the first interviews like? Did you finally get the rhythm where you figured out what you actually needed or were you again 
so blessed <laughs> that you just figured it out from the beginning. You know, people can do really good interviews and then just not quite produce. Absolutely. You know. I think it was October last year, my lease ended from office lease. I was supposed to sign a minimum of three years. So I'm like, do I want to be here for another three years? The answer was no. Mm. So instead of kind of just rushing to now find something else, I was like, let me take this year off. Let's work remotely and look for something for this new year. But just the remote working was fantastic because now I wasn't dealing with things like, oh, this one's late, or this one didn't shop to work and didn't say anything. So I'm not oh. being bothered with other stuff. Now it's just about, you know, if you're delivering, cool. How you did it, whatever. Yeah. So As long as your deadline's met. Yes. So now the other fluff that was, you know, about, you know, managing people and, mm. you know, HR things and things that, you know, I'm like, why is this on my table has now been eliminated. Wow. Yeah. So I feel like we should adopt <laughs> that as well. You know, so now I'm at a place where it's like to be able to work remotely, you have to be self-motivated. You have to be able to drive yourself. Yes. Because you're not physically coming somewhere and someone needs to manage you. Absolutely. So by default, people who can work in that scenario work better for the type of person I need. Which makes complete sense. Yeah. Now, I've always been, I guess, nervous of trying the remote working thing. Just because I feel like maybe I... Maybe it's a, a slight of a control freak issue inside of me. So how were you able to write down um, for each employee, like, hey, man, here are your targets. This is when I need it by. How did you set up that? Did you, did you do some kind of research? What motivated that, the whole, the whole path you took? Well, I think I was more frustrated having people there who weren't doing things. Ah. So then it's like I have bumps and seas who aren't doing things, you know. So yes. it's, I don't need to physically see you. If the work is done, then I'm cool. I'm the type of personality that will figure out how, how to do things and will mm, get it done. Mm. Not to say if you need support something, I won't assist. Yes, yes. definitely. But you will be able to say that. Yeah. As opposed to you've been sitting there the whole month and then come month end when it's like we're doing reports and there's nothing to show, but you can't say where things went wrong or, uh, you know. Which makes sense. But just deciding that actually let me not focus on that. Mm. You know, as long as work is coming through and they're delivering, then, you know, everything else is up to them. Yeah. Now you deal with pretty big celebrity names and I'm trying to imagine what your heart rate is like when you wake up in the morning and all of a sudden in the news there's some huge story that has just broken and now you and your team need to deal with it to manage it you know whether a celebrity crashes a vehicle whether they get shot at whether the house burns down or just some scandal yeah baby mama drama got arrested for something what the hell is your checklist when you wake up and that's the crisis you're waking up to there's i guess the one clear example was the Kuli case yes. um, where i got the call at four o'clock in the morning mm. um so Kuli chana um <coughs> so we'll, we'll we'll use a Kuli chana uh, example um Kuli chana one morning he's uh, waiting for one of his bandmates he's at a petrol station uh undercover police uh shoot at his vehicle several times hitting him a couple spots, almost killing him. Uh, you wake up to that news from your team. So let's say you get the, you get the phone call. Yeah. What happened? So let's start with that one. Cool. So I got the phone call at 4 a.m. Um, just to kind of reiterate what had happened. Yeah. And that we needed to be able to own the narrative of his side of the story. By 6 o'clock, news bulletins, media had a press release to kind of know what was going on. Yeah. So I literally had to wake up, you know, put things together and get going with that. Yes. And I think as an industry, you have to be able to react to things quite quickly. Yes. People forget that you're dealing with human beings. Yes. You know, so it's always 
an emotional thing as well in terms of people's lives, their family, you know, if people are going through certain things. Absolutely. If people publish false information about, you know, affairs or whatever, mm. you know, it affects people emotionally and to be able to be cognizant that, you know, maybe they don't want to be doing many interviews right now because, you know, personally they're in a certain space or yes. the other people are being affected by the narrative or what's happening. Yeah. How much does the psychology side of you um, play into how you deal with uh, your client base and how you deal with pressure? Because you're always so cool and calm. <laughs> people think I'm cool and calm, but I'm like, nah, guys, you must be chill out. Fire. You're always, yeah. how do you do it? Um, I think generally that is my personality type. Mm -hmm. um, but I think from a psychology point of view, maybe it also helps just in terms of how I deal with my clients. Yeah. Just being conscious about, you know, ethical business practices, honesty, integrity. Um, and that's how, you know, I run my business. So. And then how do you balance um, the personal brand versus the business brand? And then what's, what's kind of been your, your path on it? It's something that I'm also exploring, yeah. you know. Hence, even uh, hosting this podcast. I literally, the, I, I wasn't my own first pick to host this show, but thank God for my business partners and the client, you know, uh, the, the sponsor, uh, Mercer, who insisted, no, you must do it. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean, me? Because I didn't, I didn't want to be the face. Yeah. But at the same time, clearly, maybe I was the face that needed to do it. Yeah. How do you balance the two where you're not stepping too much in front of? How do you do it? How do you replicate yourself? <laughs> well, I think it's just about. The business model. Yes. But in terms of brand, I was very clear when I started the PR business that I was an entrepreneur. So it wasn't about the publicist brand. Mm. Um, because I personally believe that entrepreneurship is the, the only solution to combat, you know, unemployment and poverty in the continent. I believe it as well. Yeah. Um, so that's always been kind of my narrative. So it's only now on seven years in where I'm like, actually, I can apply for awards around entrepreneurship and I can do things. So I've gone the journey. Yes. And I know even if tomorrow I was like flat broke, I know I can make money again. So speaking of awards, um, you recently won one. I could swear, mind you, I haven't counted them. But <laughs> I feel like you are winning all the championships. How do you do it? Who's your hookup? Who do you know? Because I clearly don't know where to apply for these things. <laughs> how, how do you find out about these things? I said at home and I'm like, what? There was an award for that? That's awesome. So I'm really proud of you for that. But Thank at the you. same time, I sometimes feel like, I am really slacking on my entrepreneurship game. How do you find out about these opportunities? And then what's really, I guess, inspired you to then say, okay, you know what? I feel like I fit in these following categories. Well, I think for the bulk of my entrepreneurship journey, you know, it was just about getting the work done. Yeah. I've done the work, you know, the business is credible, you know, people are happy. Now and it's about the positioning to now unlock a different type of client. You know, they want to be able to see these kind of things. Yes, yes, yes. A really robust process, assessments, essays, video submissions, what? case studies, yeah. interviews with judges. So it was, it didn't just like you fill up a form and be like, okay, I've submitted it. It was quite a journey. And I think at phase two, I was just like, if I knew it was this hectic, I wouldn't have. <laughs> I actually would not have continued yes, because yes. it's just like it took us so much time. Yeah. But by the end of the journey, it was like, actually, I've reflected on my years of the business and yes. where I'm at and yeah. just got also make more clarity. So I, I left feeling very like, well, this is a valuable process. Yes. And actually winning on the night was like a cherry on top. I wasn't expecting that. I was uh. going to collect my certificate because I knew I was top five and yeah. all top five were getting certificates. Um, well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. How chuffed were your parents? 
<laughs> they must have been over the moon. Like this entire journey finally starts to make sense. Because when you put a name like Accenture, then you know, our African parents are like, yes, you must see my child. Big global brands have recognized them. What was the call to your mom like? So, you know, the night I sent a WhatsApp message, you know, and then the next morning they called. Yeah. Um, they were really proud and just kind of, you know, they reiterated that and that was nice. Yeah. But now I think they're like actually hey you know you're in a good path and yeah. you know maybe that's a path to be on because clearly you know things are better and then yeah. always just following the traditional model of things yeah. yeah you know they're gonna throw a gala dinner for you right it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be like a she's gonna be there's no walking it's gonna be like some big surprise like and speeches galore like guys this is big well done thank you um real quick you know for entrepreneurs out there somebody out there who's thinking about either starting a business or in the middle of probably the first couple of years doing it what are kind of like the three business takeaways where you just like follow these? These, these, this works for me. Maybe this will work for you. What would your advice be from a, from a three points you could give uh, aspiring entrepreneurs? Well, I think get started. I've met a lot of people who have this idea and want to start, but it's like, but I need to start X, Y, Z. That, that. Yes. Then two years later, you still meet them. It hasn't kicked off. Yes. So get don't, started as one. Yes. Don't work. You know, for the funding and things to, you know, to be. Perfect, yes. you know, because once you get started, things get in motion and happen, you very know. True. So don't That's stall, very, don't stall very, the process. If you want to go on the journey, do it. Yeah. Number two, just kind of brace yourself for the, you know, the journey. I think it's can be a lonely one, Absolutely. can be a very taxing one. Absolutely. Um, and I think if you're not emotionally prepared for that, it's easy to be like, I'm throwing in the towel. Mm. Um, the third one, don't be afraid to change mm. in terms of, you know, you might start and maybe your business looks like this, but yes. you know, it might evolve into something else, yes, yes. you know, so don't be married to, you know, oh, this is the initial plan and this is it, you know, yes. so kind of go with, you know, what's working. Which makes sense. Yeah. So literally get started, uh, ride the storm or persevere. Uh, I also call it uh, don't jump out of the car while it's still moving. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> At least bring the car to a stop, then get out of the car. Uh, and and, and then, then the third and most important one, be flexible. Yeah. Be ready to shift as, as life comes. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. And thanks, thanks for me. sharing with us. Because, uh, you know, you, you've been one of the people that I've always wanted to sit down and talk to on a podcast. And I'm glad. Bucket list item. It is done. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sheila. Thank you. Awesome to have you here. Thank you. And I'm coming to the party. <laughs> I know there's a party. <laughs> Everybody likes free stuff, especially when that free stuff is valued at over 4,000 rands. Mesa is giving away the Mesa Fundi to one lucky winner. To enter, follow at Shop Mesa and tag a friend in the comment section of this post. The Fundi Podcast is proudly brought to you by the Mesa Fundi, powered by Windows 10 Professional. The Mesa Fundi, flexibility reimagined.